Stellar Pro Light sent me a package recently of lights and accessories. We're going to do some unboxing, we'll do some testing, and then I will share with you my thoughts on the Stellar Pro Reflex. Hi, once again, welcome to Behind the Shot. I'm Steve Brazel. I appreciate you joining me as always. The show notes for this show, as with every show that I do, are over at the website at behindtheshot.tv. You'll find a little bit about the product I'm talking about or the guest that's on the show, any links pertinent to that episode. And if I have a guest on, a small sample gallery of their work as well. Now, on YouTube, it's a little bit different. I don't post the entire blog post on YouTube, but if you head down below the like and subscribe buttons down to the description area, you'll at least find on YouTube all the links that are pertinent to the show that I'm talking about. And of course, on your way down, if you'd hit the like button, hit subscribe, hit the bell, you know, all of that type stuff. Now, before we get into the fun stuff today, the unboxing, the testing, my opinions, that type of thing, I want to make clear. The Stella Pro lights and accessories that I'm using in this show, they were sent to me by Stella Pro lights, light and motion for the purpose of this review. This is not, however, a paid ad. I am free to have any opinions I want. I'm free to state any opinions that I want, good or bad. And Stella Pro does not get pre-approval on this. In fact, they don't even get to see this show before it goes live. So let me start with, to Stella Pro Lights, thank you very, very much for sending me these products. I really appreciate it. Now, I should do a little bit of a disclaimer. I get products sent to me periodically, and a lot of them I don't do reviews on, and here's why. If I really dislike a product, I usually won't, won't review it at all. No product is perfect, and I will point out when I do do a review the things that I have issues with, your mileage may vary, but I don't really want to spend my time just bitching and moaning about a product that I don't like for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. So if it's a product I get and I look at it and think to myself, yeah, that's not for me, you won't see it on the show. So the fact that I'm even just doing this show should already tell you something. Lastly, if you're looking for a crazy technical review, that's just not me. I'm not going to measure actual Kelvin or CRI or TLCI on the lights that we have today. If you want crazy technical, Curtis Judd is amazing. Gerald Dunn is amazing. Uh, Armando is amazing. Uh, Photo Joseph is amazing. Aaron Parecki is amazing. There's a lot of places to go for the crazy technical stuff. These are just my opinions based on how I shoot. And I should say, I'm talking about lights today. I'm not the video guy or photography guy that uses lights daily. I'm not using studio strobes or flashes or constant hot lights, anything like that daily. I'm a concert photographer, right? But I do shoot meet and greets where I use artificial light. I do shoot portraits. I do shoot promo stuff. While I normally don't use studio type lights or mono lights, I use Canon speed lights. I have three different Canon speed lights, two 600 RTs and a 430 EX2, I think is the model number on that one. It's been a while since I pulled it out, actually. I love the 600 RTs though. I want to see if the product that I have today fits somebody like me. And the show is going to be divided into three parts. First of all, getting to know the gear. It's sitting here next to me. We're going to unbox it. We're going to take a look at what's on the different you know, items that I've got in my hand. And then we'll take it out for, for phase number two and we'll play with the gear a little bit, shoot it, kind of get an idea what I think about it. And last but not least, I'll close out this episode 
with my thoughts on the gear that's in front of me. If you're watching on YouTube, I know a lot of people on YouTube don't want to sit through a long video. I get it. Trust me. You can skip ahead. I have chapter markers down below. I'll put as many in as I can, not just those three individual areas. So feel free to fast forward or jump or you know do whatever you want to do. So Stella Pro sent me two of the Stella Pro Reflex S lights, plus a few accessories. And I've actually seen these before. I've seen them twice at WPPI this year and a few years ago. And also they were at NAB last year. And the first time I saw these, I knew I wanted to check them out closer. And I will say the Stella Pro folks have been amazing to deal with so far. But what exactly is the Reflex line of lights? The Stella Pro Reflex S or the Reflex line is a continuous strobe hybrid. They do constant light and they do something called a digital burst. You can think of it as a flash, but it's not a flash. It's an overcharged LED that then bursts out light. There are three different models in the reflex line. Let's talk about those really quick. First of all, there's the regular reflex. Then there is the reflex studio. That's the same light module as the regular reflex, except it doesn't come with a battery. And instead of the battery, it includes a USB-C and extension cord cables, a 100-watt power supply, and a professional light stand mount. In other words, it's the Reflex designed to be in a studio with power on a light stand. And then there's this one, which is the Reflex S. So when you think about it, think about the fact that there are three products that you can buy, but there's two light modules. And here's the main differences I want you to think about. First of all, the regular reflex. And th this is really, they're pretty much the same lights except for these things. The regular reflex has a flash duration that's fixed at five milliseconds. And it does a digital burst of up to 10 frames a second. What does that mean? Because it's not constant light and it's charging the LED and releasing what is essentially a, a flash, just like what you would think of as a flash, but without a flash tube, it is able, there's no recycle time. So it's able, if you put your camera on high speed, hold the button down and brrr, you fire off 10 frames, you're going to get 10 flashes. It's not going to miss one. That's the regular reflex. And for that matter, the reflex studio as well, same light module. The reflex S amps that up 20 frame per second digital burst. Think about that for a minute, right? You're doing a model shoot or you're photographing a promo of an artist or a band or an athlete and you want them to do their long jump or their high jump or their pole vault or swing their hair on stage with their guitar and you fire a burst of 20 frames a second, you're not gonna miss a flash, no recycle time, right? And on the Reflex S, you have a flash duration of 0.5 milliseconds to five milliseconds. Now. Before I get back into the unboxing, a couple more specs I want to go through because this is going to be important to understand as we kind of go through this. These lights have a minimum lumens of 100 lumens, okay? After that, it kind of depends what your maximum is going to be on where you're getting your power because you can get your power from the battery handle that's in this box or from an external power supply. So I'm going to separate those two out. First of all, let's talk battery handle. The battery handle, to my understanding, is 60 watts. It will give you up to 6,000 lumens in continuous mode. That's not bad. And in digital burst, 12,000. 
So it's effectively one stop more than the continuous mode for the digital burst, 12,000 lumens. If you go to a 100-watt power supply, you'll get up to 9,000 lumens in continuous mode. That again, not bad. And 18,000 in digital burst. It's a very bright light. Now, people are going to start pointing out as I go through this show, it's probably not as bright as real monolights with flash tubes. And that is true. My problem when I see that is, if you need that kind of light, you know it, this may not be what you would even be looking at, right? You might be looking at much larger lights than this. In the, in the market this is going for, those are pretty respectable specs to me. Now, let's jump back into the unboxing. Stella Pro Reflex S is what I have in front of me, but based on those specs I just gave out, you'll get the, the idea of the difference between this and the regular Reflex. Let's check out the, uh, the packaging. First of all, okay, you got a manual. You always want to read the manual. But nicely done. I like the black. I like the white. I like that they also put, you know, the two boxes side by side for the battery and the flash module. And you know, the light head as they call it, but they made the graphics spread across both of them very, very nicely done. Let's pull these out of the box and we'll take a look at them. I'm going to start with the flash head. Again, nice packaging uh, as far as what I can tell. Okay, there's the flash head. We'll talk about all of what this is here in just a second. And then there's only one other thing in the flash head box, and that's this thing that I'll talk about in a minute as well. Set that box aside. We'll talk about that one again uh, in just a second. So here's what you're getting basically inside the box is just this light. And then let me just pull this out now. This is called a flat port DM. Okay, it's a protective cover for the LED because if you do remove the optic, that's the LED bare and you generally don't want to leave it exposed. So you would generally want to put that cover on to protect it. I did ask them because I had seen some other people out there on YouTube shooting it bare. And they say, you know, you can shoot it bare if it's in a softbox or something, but you're better off to have the cover on. I do wonder what the plastic uh, is gonna do to that light, but it should be absolutely fine. But you generally don't wanna use it bare. So that's just a protective cover that you would use. I do know that there are some uh, speed rings that you put on that which fit around here, I'll talk about in a minute, but there are some speed rings you fit on where I've seen people say that the optic doesn't fit well with the speed ring. So in that case, probably what I would try first is having the flat port DM protective cover on while I do that. But of course, you know, again, your mileage may vary. All right, let's talk about the light for a little bit. First of all, back of the light, you have a control knob, you have an LED, you have some ports here. This is the USB port for power, and that is a remote trigger port right there. Around the sides, I want you to notice something. This is active cooling. So it has heat sinks here, but as we look on this side, you'll notice there is a fan in this. Now, I have not had a problem with the fan, but when we get to it, I'll explain why I haven't heard the fan in my recordings, and I'm gonna try and solve that as we uh, go through and do some tests on that. This is where you mount the battery or the professional light stand mount, and that's what that little screw hole is for. That's a little hex nut that you put, so if you put the light stand mount on, you screw a little hex nut in there to hold it on. On the top, however, is an actual quarter 20 that all of us photographers 
are used to using. That's pretty much the entire fixture. Now, one other thing I want to point out is this right here, that is for your speed ring mounts that go back here and mount on this pin and this. And there are a number of speed rings that actually will work on this. We'll talk about those as we go through. Let's unbox the uh, battery. So in the battery box, there is more than just the battery. Underneath this cardboard, don't throw your box away, there are actually two cables. Put that aside. So you have, by default, you have a 3.9 inch 0.1 meter cable. That is when these two are mounted together to get power. And then you have a longer 0.6 meter cable, which is effectively uh, two feet. And that is for if you're gonna power the light head from some external battery or power supply. And then optionally, and they sent me two of these, this is a three meter, which is effectively, what, nine feet USB cable so that you can power it from, you know, a, a little bit farther away. Let's talk about some of the features that you're gonna have on these different units. I pointed out on the back, you've got the LED panel. This is OLED. Uh, you've got the control knob. All of your information will be here. It's not a touch screen. It's just a display. And then this works, this control knob, by either rotating it to change settings or pressing it to change where you are in the menu structure, turn the device off. On the side, I mentioned the two ports. This is where you would get power or a remote trigger. And I want you to see this down here. That's an umbrella mount. On the front, you actually have this thing, which instead of the flat port DM I mentioned earlier, this is what they call an optic. And the optic basically is a Fresnel lens. And there's a couple different ones that they've got. The light comes with a medium optic. That's 24 degrees as far as the spread of light is concerned. And the fact that I'm mentioning degrees might bring to mind a grid for you. And that's basically what these act like. They don't increase or decrease the power of the light. They focus more light on your subject, giving you a feel of more light. For example, again, this is the medium optic that comes with it, but optionally you can get the spot optic. This is a 12 degree spread of light, supposedly gives about 43,000 lux at one meter. They also have the medium wide, which is 36 degrees, and the wide, which is 65 degrees. Now, that medium for most people at 24 degrees is probably gonna be just fine, right? I mean, unless you're photographing larger groups of people and you need the spread, at which point the wide 65 might be something that you need. We'll find out more when we test them. But the one thing I did not get in the box that I definitely want to try is they have a dome diffuser. It's similar to if you have a speed light, they have those little clip-on Stenflow diffusers or like a Gary Fong type attachment. I do have a friend who's got one. He's agreed to lend it to me, so I'm going to get that and try using that as well. But for now, let's talk about the, uh, the modifier mounting options. So what I'm turning these into is their built-in bayonet mount. That bayonet mount is an Elencrom Quadra Ranger mount but it does offer other types of mounts. I mentioned down here, this pin down here is for speed rings. There is a Profoto and a Bowens speed ring adapter, but here's the key. I looked through their website and I emailed them saying, I don't understand. The Profoto and Bowens speed rings have a light stand adapter like this built into the speed ring. 
is there just a speed ring for those? And what they said was that with the Profoto and the Bowen speed rings, the bayonet mount on the light might not support the weight of some of the larger softboxes or modifiers that are out there. So the speed rings for those two include that light stand chin to help support the weight. I didn't know it was called a light stand chin. There is, however, a Chimera speed ring. That one is just a speed ring. It's made specifically for the Stella Pro Reflex by Chimera, and it's designed for their 24 and 30 inch Octa Beauty boxes. Those don't need the extra support chin. Now, as far as mounting on the light itself, as I mentioned earlier, you do have that quarter 20 on the top. Downside of that, of course, is it could be, depending on how you use that quarter 20, your light might be upside down, but that's fine actually. We'll get into that more in just a little bit. I also talked about the umbrella mount already. The battery has a cool mounting option. So if you look right here, you can see the cutout. That's designed, I'm gonna use a highlighter for just sake of conversation here. That's designed to stick it up against a light stand or pole of some sort. And then this rubber strap comes out and you can wrap it around whatever pole you're looking at. That's actually a really cool design. And this, by the way, to the folks at Stella Pro, really, really smart. I got to give you a little bit of a credit on that. You can buy a uh, professional light stand mount, which just mounts on a normal light stand like you would imagine, mounts on the bottom of the light. The other thing is there is a cold shoe mount that you can get. So if you did want to mount this on a cold shoe like on your camera, you can definitely do that. The battery has its own USB port so that you can connect it to the light. That's right here. It has this little button on the other side, which is the on-off button. Charging this thing to full when it's empty on a 45-watt charger takes about two hours. They actually sent me these, which are the 100-watt power supplies or chargers, okay? And this is two ports. They actually sent me two of these. Now, I do want you to understand the power output that's available from a Stella Pro Reflex light. You can power it from the battery handle or you can use a 100 watt power supply. And you're gonna get slightly different amounts of power depending on how you power it. In continuous mode at full power from the battery handle, which is small, you're gonna get about 30 minutes. But in continuous mode at low power, you might get up to 10 hours. So you can make the assumption that if you're running your light continuous mode at about 50% power, you're gonna have plenty of battery time. Here's where I get super interested. This battery will give you 15,000 full power flashes. You heard that correctly, 15,000. Now, if you are doing digital burst, you need a trigger. And this is where I think the Stella Pro Reflex line of lights kind of really kicks it up and does excel. It is compatible with Profoto triggers, Elenchrom triggers, or Godox triggers. I had a friend of mine that, because I don't have a Godox trigger or any of those, lend me this Godox X-Pro-C trigger. It's about 70 bucks, I think, on Amazon. The fixtures also support Bluetooth for firmware updates. I have done a firmware update. It's painless. You download an app from the App Store. You have to type in the serial number of your light, and it's off and running. So let's connect the battery. Turn this thing on. One thing I want you to notice is right here, there is this little latch. You wanna make sure that you go until this clicks and let's uh, plug this into the light, USB port. There we go. And I'll plug this into the battery USB port. Just might be easier to do before I put it on there. And then when you put this in, and this is key, because I have seen some people say that they, um, 
They didn't get it clicked in and it came off. If you put it in and think it's on, that light is gonna come off. You gotta be careful of that. When you put this in, you wanna make sure, and I'm gonna be quiet so you can hear it, you wanna make sure that it clicks. There. This thing really is surprisingly small and light. Let's go ahead and fire it up. And watch right here when I do, you'll see your battery charge indicator lights to tell you how much charge you have on your battery. And you'll notice it comes on with no light. That's because it comes on in burst mode. If you wanna change to continuous mode, press the control knob one time and you'll notice now I have light. To run through the menus, I'm gonna turn the light off, put it back into burst mode with a one button push on the control knob. And to get into the menus, you're gonna hold the control knob for two seconds. The first menu that you come to is burst mode. And the Stella Pro Reflex is different than the Stella Pro Reflex S that you have here in front of you. Notice the PWR here. When you're in burst mode, I have, because this is the Reflex S, power or flash duration. The S allows a flash duration of 0.5 milliseconds to 5 milliseconds, the regular reflex locked at 5 milliseconds. For us, we're gonna go ahead and leave it in power mode, make it easier. Press the control knob one time, and that takes you to link mode. Link mode is a special setting. There are two options, link one and link two. And when you're dealing with link one, what that means is your burst mode will be the exact same power as your constant mode. This is link mode off, there's link mode one, and then there's link mode two. Link mode two means that your burst will be one stop more than your constant power. And so that you know, the max power for the digital burst is always one stop more than continuous. We're gonna go ahead and turn the link mode off for us and move over to group mode. This is just like any series of remote lights that you might have. Currently, we're in group A. We can change to B or C or D, E, F, and back to A. Next one, you could probably guess, is gonna be channel. I'm gonna go ahead and leave it on channel one for us. And then you get into the wireless mode and you'll notice right here there is a G. G stands for Godox. B is Bluetooth, which is where you would go to do your firmware updates. P, that's Profoto. No wireless. And then E for Elencrom. I'm gonna go ahead and leave it in Godox because that's what I'm gonna be using. And last but not least is rotation. I mentioned earlier that if you use the quarter 20 on the top and your light for some reason is upside down, you can actually rotate the menu all the way around in a full circle, and that brings us back to burst mode. Now to get out of the menus, again, hold the control knob two seconds, and it'll bring you back here to your normal burst mode setting. Here's what I wanna do now. I wanna take a look at what this thing looks like on the wall behind me. So again, this is the light, 100 lumens, and I'll just shine it back here, and I'm gonna start slowly cranking it up. Here we go. That's 1200, 2100. I know I'm at 3,000 because the fan just kicked in. I'm just gonna crank it all the way up. So that is full power. And now, just straight through, I'm just gonna roll it back down, let you see it back down at 100. Fan just turned off, I'm below 3,000 clearly. And that, my friends, is 
100 lumens. Let's jump back over to the board. I mentioned a second ago that I knew this had hit 3,000 lumens when I was shining it on the wall behind me because I heard the fan kick in. I've seen a number of reviews say it kicks in at 4,000 lumens, but in my experience, it's 3,000. So I spoke to Stella ProLights about it, and they said they changed it based on customer feedback. Now, I'm at 2,900 lumens right now with the fan off. I am going to turn the light back up to 3,000 lumens so that the fan kicks in and so that you can hear it, but I wanted to clarify, you may not have heard the fan when I was doing my testing shining it against the wall behind me. The reason for that is I use a Sound Devices Mix Pre 3 as my mic interface, and Sound Devices has a very expensive noise reduction plugin called Noise Assist that eliminates that type of fan noise in real time, but I've turned it off for this test. Now, I do also want you to keep in mind that normally your lights would not be right in front of your mic element. They're gonna be somewhere off to the side. You're gonna have some off-axis rejection. In this case, I'm doing a worst-case scenario test I'm pointing the mic right at the fan. Okay, I'm at 2,900 lumens, here we go. I'm at 3,000 now and the fan is on and it's about two feet away from the microphone right now. So I'm gonna be quiet and let you listen for any fan noise. All right, I'm gonna move it a little bit closer. We are now about one foot away. And this is about six inches. It'll be interesting to see if any of that fan noise comes through, but once again, I'm pointing it right at the fan. All right, let's talk about some of the other accessories that are available for the Stella Pro Reflex line of lighting. Along with the light stand adapters and speed ring mounts that I already mentioned, there is a barn door attachment that you can do that has a filter holder in it. It holds two filters and they make, they're glass, they're round, that flip down over the, the light module. They make a three CTO set, full, half, and quarter CTO. They're 82 millimeter and they're made from glass. They have an RF control unit. That could be great if the light is inside a modifier or too far away. It has a range of up to 606 feet. They also sell a reflex bar. It's kind of like if you've ever looked at speed light attachments for a cold shoe. You can get them that have a bar that let you mount two, three, four speed lights together. It's kind of what this is. In this particular case, you might put two up to five reflex lights. It's a vertical bar and you put them down the sides. It's actually kind of an interesting uh, setup. And then one of my favorite things is I love spider holster. I don't use it as often as I could, but I really like them, I like the idea. And one of the things they do is sell a spider holster kit where the spider holster ball threads into the Stella Pro stand mount so you can hang it from your belt or from your backpack. Let's do a few more specs. CRI on these lights is 92, TLCI is 93, CCT is 5600 Kelvin. They are not RGB and they are not uh, 3,200 to 5,600 a bicolor type white balance scenario. I'll get into that more later. They don't do TTL. I'll talk about that more in the conclusion area at the bottom. IP65 rating. What does the IP65 mean? The six is that they are dust tight. The five is that they are water resistant. Yes, even though this thing has a fan, you can take it outside and shoot in the rain with this thing. That's kind of cool. Impact resistant to one meter, which is three feet, and they weigh less than two pounds. Size, I held the highlighter up to it earlier. I don't know what I was thinking. Here's the size. I'm rounding up on all of these numbers, by the way. 
nine inches tall, four inches wide, four inches deep. Pricing. It's not one of the cheapest lights out there, but in my opinion, you get a lot for the money. Constant and digital burst, small size and low weight, lots of different mounting options, different transmitter options, lots of accessories. Here's the pricing. The Reflex Studio, the base one that doesn't come with a battery, $649. The regular Reflex, retail is $849.99. And the Reflex S, the one that I have here with me, is $1,096. It is available in a two-light kit with extra accessories. Some of the accessory packs include like the spider holster stuff. And now that we've covered all the specs and the details about how the Stella Pro Reflex lights work, it's time to take them out for a spin. The first test I wanted to do was to better understand the optics themselves. What are they doing for me? How do they spread the light differently based on the optic that I pick? So for the first test, I decided to fire the Stella Pro Reflex directly at my 5x7 expandable backdrop to see how the light spreads out based on the optic that is actually on the light. All of the images in this black background test are the exact same exposure, 1 100th of a second, ISO 800, f2.8, and the Stella Pro is three feet from the backdrop shooting right at it. The only change in these black backdrop tests is the optic itself. This way, hopefully, we can see if there's a gain or loss of light based on the optic that we pick. I also should mention, all the images in this show are pretty much straight out of camera. They were shot as raw, brought into Lightroom, just turned around, exported as JPEG with no changes, with one exception. Later on in the show, there are some shots that I did against a block wall in my backyard, and the OCD kicked in. They weren't straight, so I straightened them. Also, of course, images out of camera are not the ratio of video. They're not 16-9. So on the images, when you're seeing photos, there will be black bars on the side because there is a black background to make it 16-9. You won't notice it in some of the shots that are dark, but other times it will be very, very obvious. Also, the image width and height that you'll see, and I will put measurements up at a certain point, it corresponds to 62 inches wide. That's about five foot two inches or 1.57 meters. And 40 inches tall, that's about three feet four inches or 1.02 meters rounding on all of those. So starting with the spot optic, this is a 12 degree optic and notice how the, the center is very, very bright and fades off quickly. And actually, you know what? I should probably tell you to find the light differences I'm gonna reference here. I decided to simply measure from or to the point that clipping appears or disappears in Lightroom. And no, this is not scientific at all, but it's kind of a reference point that we all know. I'm gonna refer to each full increase, plus or minus one, plus or minus two, et cetera, as stops, even though again, it may not be the perfectly accurate term, but think of it as stops in Lightroom when you slide that exposure slider up or down, we think of those as stops. And theoretically, they actually do equate to stops. If you go up plus one or minus one, that's plus or minus a stop in Lightroom. But again, I digress. For this shot, the spot optic, I had to lower the exposure in Lightroom 2.6 stops to get the clipping to go away. 2.6 stops. So we're going to call that 2.6 stops overexposed. Okay. Next up, take a look at the medium optic. This one is 24 degrees. Everything expands out almost evenly, the center and how the light fades off. For this one, 
I had to lower the exposure 0.2 to get the clipping to go away. So at three feet, it's over a two-stop difference from the spot optic. Let's move to the medium-wide optic. 36 degrees for this optic. The lit area expands same as before, but notice how the light and the fade are a little more even now. For this one, I actually had to raise the exposure one stop to get it to clip. So it's over a three-stop difference from the spot optic using this non-scientific method. Next up, the wide optic. This is a 65-degree optic. The light here flattens out and creates a very even fade. Increased the exposure 2.3 to get it to clip on this one. That's a pretty big swing on overall brightness now, right? I had to raise it 2.3 as opposed to the spot optic where I had to lower it 2.6. It's a pretty big spread as we've gone from spot to wide. So let's try the diffuser dome. The diffuser dome, and by the way, Scott, thanks for lending me your diffuser dome. This is a very, very even distribution of light, but it is darker. I had to increase the exposure 3.8 to get this to clip. So that's another 1.5 versus the wide optic. Last thing I decided to try was what if I didn't use any optic or any diffuser? What if I actually use the flat port DM, the clear protective cover. This one heads back the other way. It's very even like the diffuser, but it is a little bit brighter, which was interesting to me. I had to add 3.6 to the exposure in Lightroom to reach clipping at that point. Now, all of these test shots kind of gave me an idea what the different optics were doing and what to expect, but this is against a black fabric backdrop that does absorb some light, and I was kind of curious what would it do against a more realistic background, so I decided to take it out and do the exact same test against a block wall. Different exposure on these shots, 1 200th of a second, ISO 320, F10, and yes, these are the shots that I did end up leveling out a little bit because of the OCD kicking in. So first of all, the first shot is just the ambient light at that exposure so that you can kind of get an idea for it. Now, look at the spot optic and you'll see that hot spot in the middle and a quick fade. Repeating the medium optic, same kind of pattern that you saw on the black, but now you're kind of seeing it in the real world. Next up, the medium wide. Take a look at how it spreads, gets a little bit more even before we go to the wide, which is a very, very nice spread. Next to last is the diffuser and the little diffuser dome. Same thing as before, looks very, very nice. But when we go to that flat port DM, again, it's a little bit brighter than that diffuser dome. And for comparison, I'm going to bring up the, the ambient light shot again so that you can better compare to the bear or the diffuser. Okay, I'll go back and forth a couple of times here. So this one is the diffuser. And this one is the ambient light. And this one is the bear. And here's the ambient. Next up, let's take a look at what these lights look like on a human. I'm gonna be my own model today, I apologize. But I'm not trying to make beautiful portraits here as much as I am trying to understand what these different optics or modifiers look like on a human. Now, for these images, I did adjust exposure in camera using either my Sekonic meter or using the meter on the camera or just eyeballing the, the LED screen on the back of the camera. And my goal 
was to compensate for what we saw earlier on the backdrop shots. Depending on the optic, it was either way brighter or way less bright. So I wanted to try and get the exposure in camera so that you could see what the optic was doing. There's a couple of shots where I'm a third of a stop over or a third of a stop under, but you'll still get the idea. These are pretty much straight out of camera. And for these, unless otherwise noted, the Stellar Pro Reflex is about six feet from me. The backdrop on the black backdrop ones is maybe a foot behind me, if even that. So you may see shadows on that because it's not far behind me. First up, this shot is ambient light only. And what I want you to notice in this from camera right is some light. I am being lit from that side because in this room, I have a double wide set of French doors and it's mid-afternoon, and some of that light is coming in and kind of working as a fill on that side. Exposure here is 1 100th of a second, ISO 1600 at f4.5. Let's take a look at what the optics do for us. Let's start again with the spot optic. Exposure is 1 100th, f9, ISO 1600. Lots of focus on the face and a quick light fall off. The arms, the shoulders, my face camera right are clearly darker. And note the shadow on my neck. It's a hard edge with that shadow on my neck. Let's compare that to the medium optic. And note the light spread. My face is less bright, but it's more even overall. My arms, etc., are also lit. And the edge of that shadow on my neck is a little bit softer. Okay, Exposure is still ISO 1600 and 1 100th, but it's f6.3 here. So, I added one stop of light to compensate for the loss of light on the medium compared to the spot. Now let's go to the medium-wide optic. The medium-wide is showing how spread the light is, right? You can see the light spread out more. And with the window light, camera right, the lighting here is actually kind of flat. The shadow on my neck is filled a little bit, but it still has a hard edge. I'm still at ISO 1600 and 1 100th, but for this one, I ended up changing it and adding one third of a stop. I'm at f5.6. Let's try the wide optic. And this one's interesting. Very, very even light, right? I do think that the window light might have gotten brighter on this shot because obviously the sun is moving outside. I have a little control over that. But still, look at the shadow on my neck. It still has an edge. The exposure is still 1600 ISO, 1/100. But now I'm at 4.5. So that's another two-thirds of a stop that I've added. I should also note here that for all the optics, the Stellar Pro Reflex was at its lowest power. One stop on the LED or on the Godox controller, it was on 132nd power. So let's move on with the diffuser dome. The diffuser has the exact same exposure as the last shot. ISO 1600, 1/100th of a second, f4.5, but the power on the light was raised to plus three stops on the LED or quarter power on the Godox controller. Notice it's very even light, seemingly soft light, still has that edge on my neck though. And last, let's go with the flat port DM cover, that clear cover. So effectively a bare Stella Pro Reflex LED, okay? Same exposure and power, but you can see what we saw against the black backdrop here. Similar to the diffuser, it's a little bit brighter and a little bit harsher. Now, at this point, I decided to throw kind of a wrench into it. I have a 43-inch Westcott Apollo Orb softbox. I love this softbox. I decided to pull it out and try it, and what I did on 
the light when it was inside the softbox was I used the flat port DM. And notice this shot. Instantly, you see how much softer the light is. Look at the shadow on my neck, right? Now that shadow on my neck is not as harsh. The exposure and power are the same. 1 100th, ISO 1600. The one change was I went to f3.5 for this. Then I decided to try a change on that Orb softbox. The Orb softbox has a white diffuser panel on the front of it. I thought to myself, well, I get more light if I take that diffuser panel off. So I used the Westcott Orb with no diffuser panel. Now it's literally just that silver inside making for a harsher light. I had to go back up now to F5 on this one. And you can see it's harsher, still kind of a spread of light. I don't actually like the look of this light, but with the softbox, that Stella Pro was very, very nice. Let's head outside for a little bit. And going outside here was my goal. I wanted to know how much I could challenge the daylight. If it's really midday, the odds are you're not going to use a light like this. You need a lot of power. Like, you're not going to do it with a speed light either, okay? You need a lot of power to overpower the sunlight. But I just kind of wanted to do, again, an unscientific test. So this first shot, this is ambient light only. And what I did was I used the camera meter and set the camera meter exposure to zero. I ended up at 1 400th of a second, ISO 100 at F8. Then I intentionally dropped it a stop. I underexposed a stop. So I'm at 1 800th of a second, ISO 100 at F8. And at this point, I used both Stellar Pro reflex lights at full power, about a foot and a half from me. And you'll notice you can see the light. So a stop underexposed, I'm making the daylight look a little darker. I was able to get some light out of this but let's keep going. I decided to go two stops underexposed. So now I'm at 1 1,600th of a second. ISO uh, 100, F8. Interesting to me, it still worked, right? You could make adjustments to this a little bit to probably get close to where you need, and you might need to do a little work in post to overpower some of the daylight, but hey, it kind of worked. Decided to go to an extreme here. Ambient light being at zero, I underexposed by three stops, two Stellar Pro lights, a foot and a half from me at full power. And you know what? It did better than I thought it would. Not perfect, but not too bad. I decided to move over to the pool at this point, just sit by the pool. First of all, an ambient light only shot at 1 100th of a second, ISO 200, F5.6. Then, from about nine feet away at 45 degrees on each side of me, camera left the spot optic, camera right the medium optic, decided to fire those Stella Pro Reflex at full power. And based on what I'm seeing so far, I'm actually very impressed with these lights. They're doing exactly what I would expect them to do. The one thing I haven't tested yet though, is the digital burst claims. Stella Pro Reflex 10 frames a second, Stella Pro Reflex S 20 frames a second without missing a shot. So, I decided to try this just in the middle of the grass. First of all, here's me standing in the spot, ambient light only. Exposure is 400th of a second, ISO 3200, F8. Now, this shot, I added the Stella Pro Reflex to the mix. Camera left is the medium optic, and camera right is the wide optic. Now, I will say I had to change my exposure at this point. I wasn't planning on it, 
but the sun was setting quickly, so I opened up the aperture to 6.3 before I did my test. And what I'm gonna play for you is a couple of different things. I'm gonna play the sequence of 25 shots. I'm shooting on a Canon R5. I'm shooting mechanical shutter, which is only 12 frames a second, but I just let it burst for quite some time. So a 25 shot sequence, I'm gonna play that through twice at about one sixth of a second per image. That way it's moving fast enough you see it, but you'll also see each individual shot. Then I'm gonna play for you a 14 shot sequence with no lights. That way you'll get an idea of what the ambient looks like compared to what it looked like when the, the lights actually fired. So here is the 25 shot sequence with the lights at one sixth of a second per image played through twice. Now here is the 14 shot sequence with no lights on. And one more time, let's do it with the lights, but this time I'm gonna slow it down a little bit. It's gonna be a third of a second per image so that you can really see each individual image. So after using these for a little bit, what do I think of them? Well, for my use model, I love these lights. Now my priorities may be different than yours. I want flexible lights that are small and lightweight. I want small batteries that last. And the battery doubling as a handle, that makes it even more functional to me. The lights definitely do give kind of a unique look with the optics, but it's very, very usable. You add a softbox to it though, or something like a softbox, these lights are pretty awesome. And again, the constant light, that was something I didn't expect. So when I was outside and I was trying to aim like the spot optic, I couldn't always tell whether it was hitting me on the shoulder or hitting me in the face. But if you put it in constant mode and go to full power, this is not your normal weak, modeling light, right? I was able during the day to use the constant mode to actually aim the light fairly accurately for what I actually needed. Now, no product is perfect. So let's address a few of the points that either I have or that I've seen that other people have. I like having the quarter 20 on the top of the light. And if you mount the light upside down, you can rotate the menu. That's awesome and everything. But the, the screw mounting on the bottom is not quarter 20. That's where you, when you slide the light stand adapter in, you have to put a little hex nut in. I really wish that was quarter 20. If it was quarter 20 top and bottom, that would make everything so much easier. Plus if it was quarter 20 on the bottom of the battery, I could use my own light stand mount. The light stand mounts that you buy with these lights, they're kind of proprietary with that slide on clip. And, and that means you gotta have a spare for everything that you do, right? Whereas if it was quarter 20, I could put a stud in and put my own all metal instead of plastic light stand mount on. That would be worth it to me. The other thing I thought about was, if you're gonna use the spider holster mount kit, it actually, you put the little ball on a little screw hole on the side of the light stand mount, which means you have to have the light stand mount on it to use the spider holster mount kit. And what I was thinking was, and I don't know that this is even engineering wise possible to do, but man, if there was a quarter 20 on the side of that battery, where I could just put the ball directly into the battery, I could hang that thing on my spider holster and not have to have that light stand mount, you know, hanging off of it. Fan noise. This was a complete non-issue for me, but if you are doing video, yes, you need to be aware of it. At 18 to 24 inches for me, it was not bad and a little noise reduction would solve it very, very easily. I will say, by the way, again, you know, some of the older videos that you might see online mention that the fan kicks in at 4,000. They did confirm to me that that was changed to 3,000. 
And I think that's smart, right? Better safe than sorry. Let's talk about power for a little bit here. These lights are not as powerful as actual flashes, mono lights, or even some speed lights. But again, for me, the flexibility wears out. Just be aware, again, these are not for somebody that's going to want to overpower daylight and make 12 noon look like midnight. That's not going to be the light for you for that particular case. TTL. Uh, I don't think I mentioned earlier, but these are not TTL lights. For me, that's not an issue. I set my speed lights often to TTL, but I also use my speed lights in a manual mode on a regular basis. It would be awesome to have TTL. They don't rule out that that could show up sometime in the future in this product or in another product, whatever that might be. But again, for me, that was kind of a non-issue. Radio compatibility. This is where I think these lights kind of do excel. Profoto, Elenchrom, and Godox. That is awesome, right? No matter what triggers you own, almost, you're going to be able to fire these. But here's the thing. For me, personally, it's a mismatch, okay? I, I want these lights because I don't want the bigger studio brands, right? I don't have Profoto lights or Elenchrom lights. Granted, the Godox controller is fairly inexpensive, but if I had Elenchrom or Profoto triggers, and lights, I'm not sure this is the light I'd actually even be looking at, right? I, I, I might be looking at something else from their brand. What I wish, and again, this is, I'm probably the only one telling them this. I wish it had camera brand radio compatibility. For me, Canon. I have multiple Canon 600 RT flashes, okay? If this thing would trigger from a Canon radio, I would buy a two-light kit to this and not end up with just two lights. I'd end up with five lights right? Radio-triggered lights. I get it. Most strobes and most studio lights don't have Canon trigger either, okay? Their comment back to my email was they have no plans to do something like this unless somebody can make a compelling argument for investing the time to develop that option, which I took as an invite to try and make the compelling argument for them to invest in that option. I see me as the target market, right? I've avoided buying studio lights. I've looked at FJs, you know, Westcott, Godox, Alien B, Profoto. I've looked at those. The size, the weight, the modifier setup. It's just not for me. My, my speed lights are small. They're light. They're super fast to set up. They're portable, right? Like the Stella Pro Reflex. It seems like such a great transition light or addition light for people like me to add these to my Canon flashes or somebody with Nikon, whatever. I'm just speaking Canon because that's me. Again, I get it, but it doesn't hurt to pitch it. In fact, let me share an example of why I think these lights are a great stepping stone for me. I did a meet and greet for an artist. And when they hired me, I said to them, you know, do you want off-camera flash? Do you just want on-camera flash, which is not uncommon for meet and greets? They said, oh, no, no, on-camera flash is fine. But I always bring everything with me. When I got there, I was told the artist had a specific look that they want on the backdrop behind the artist. It ended out, after many, many tests, airdropping the photos to the tour manager who took it back to show the artist, who came back and said, no, 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 they want this. It ended up being a three-light setup with speed lights. I'd done so many tests. I put all new batteries in. I had eight AA battery, external batteries for my 600 RTs. And still, there were 180 people that came through that meet and greet. Not, not people, I'm sorry. 180 groups of people that came through for actual photos. I take two shots of each one. 
By the end, I was having recycle time issues. So instead of just click, click, because I always take two to try and get eyes open, it was click, hey, everybody's going great, click. It got to the point where the recycle time was a problem for me. This has no recycle issues. This would be great for me. I don't really need the 20 frames per second, but man, 15,000 full power flashes. Yeah, again, you're not gonna overpower the sun with these, but for fill light, hey, these things are awesome. Now, most of the things I've I've talked about here, they're minor issues to me. I've also seen other people comment on a few things I do want to bring up here. Color temperature, I've seen people comment on the fact that these are 5600 Kelvin. They don't do RGB. They're not bicolor 3200 to 5600. And I asked Stella Pro about this and their response basically was, they don't have any plans in this light to do RGB or bicolor for the reflex. It would make it bigger, it would make it heavier, and it would make it less powerful. So to me, would it be nice to have these RGB? Yeah, it's not really an issue for me. And, and if you have to increase the size and lose some of the power that's not already, you know, that, that's already not as bright as my, my speed lights, it kind of would defeat the purpose, right? This combo is really, really good for me. If you need to balance color, you could use gel sheets, but be careful right? These lights don't get crazy hot in my experience, but of course they have a fan for a reason. So I would not attach anything that could melt to the spots on these lights that get hot. They do have the barn door thing that has the little circles. You can put their 82 millimeter CTO glass gels on flip down arms. I could see people loving these. For me, for stills specifically for video with the barn doors and the lights, I could see that. For me, for stills, yeah, you can use barn doors for stills. It can, you know, be very, very handy, and there are great reasons to do that. It's not something I'm gonna do, it becomes more cumbersome. I just want something that clips on the front of that optic directly that lets me do CTO gels. It could be just a slide-on thing over the optic that I slide a, a different gel in, a different glass gel in. It could be that the gels screw on somehow. Look, engineering, I'm sure, could figure this out way better than I can, but I want something less cumbersome and obtrusive than the big barn door type thing. Uh, by the way, I did mention all of that to them and and they sounded like they're, you know, they, they seem to be very, very open to feedback, which I really, really like. It's part of the reason they probably went from 4,000 to 3,000 on when the fan kicks in. Again, these are all small points. The question really is, who are the Stella Pro Reflex for? Their marketing materials say wedding, action, sports, portrait photographers, adventure photographers, cinematic, editorial, news, casual lighting, Really, any of those would be good for these given the right environment, right? Given that you're not trying to do this at 12 noon outside and trying to overpower the sun, these lights could be for almost anybody. For a lot of people, what it's gonna come down to is cost. These are not inexpensive if you only look at power. But the flexibility for me is great for the right person. It's a great mix to me of features for the price. For example, the latest Canon Speedlight, the EL1, that's $1,100. Everything in photography is a compromise. In this particular case, the constant light plus the burst and power plus the weight and size and portability plus compatibility plus drop in weather resistant plus burst per battery or crazy 10 or 20 frames per second. Look, these are all wins for me. I would definitely look at all the options available to you before you spend $1,000 or $2,000 or $3,000 on a kit of anything, including a pair of lights and accessories. But then for me, I'd probably end up buying these. 
All the links are at the blog post at behindtheshot.tv. Feel free to go check that out. I want to thank Stella Pro Lights again for uh, sending these lights to me. Their website is stellaprolights.com. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, it's Stella Pro Lights. If you've got any questions, put them down below or tell me what you think about the video. Again, thank you to Stella Pro Lights, Light in Motion. Make sure you join us next time as we try and get inside the mind of a great photographer by taking a closer look behind the shot. <laughs>